In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Shoot it! We deliver tickets, team merchandise, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Grizzlies podcast, where the Grizzlies have had their ups, a recent three-game winning streak, and their downs, a more recent and ongoing four-game losing streak. I'm Chris Harrington, and I'm joined this week by columnist Jeff Calkins for a pre-Thanksgiving look at how this Grizzlies season is going. What's up, Jeff? I'm good. So the over-under for the Grizzlies, uh, by most prognosticators um, headed into the season, was in that 25-26 win range. Um, at five and eleven, as we speak, they are on pace for twenty five point six wins. Um, have the Grizzlies been meeting expectations, or is it more complicated than that? Oh, I think they have. I was just thinking about that. I literally was thinking about that number today. They're five and eleven, and uh, sort of right on pace. I had the under um, there, right? So they're exceeding my expectations, just in terms of, um, in terms of. Uh, overall win total but i think you have to say what you really wanted it, the this season was never going to be measured by whether it was 24 wins 28 wins 32 wins it was measured by what was happening within that both in terms of rebuilding uh fan base in terms of rebuilding a team etc and from that perspective i don't know how you can't be pretty much with the possible exception of backup point guard or something like right. it, all the important markers Jaron had a, some has had some some there was some muted concern about him at some point, but generally you're checking off every box that you wanted to check before the season began, and we can go through those boxes. But right. to me, it's highly promising. Well, you mentioned rebuilding the fan base. That's something I wanted to ask you about. There's a couple of things that I, I've heard on your radio show when I was not on your radio show with other guests. I was interested in yeah. trying to bring up one of them is you had Jason Wexler president of business operations on, I believe last week, sometime yep. recently. And he said that he thought they had done a good job going into this season of keeping their diehards, even amid a conscious rebuild. And that it was the casual fans that you, right. you sort of wonder about. And that may be some of the lagging indicator. What is your sense of um, casual fan interest in the team right now? Uh, I, I think it's, I mean, it is funny because, what I do for the Daily Memphian is very different than what I do on the radio show. And on the radio show, we tend to talk about the hot topics, right? It's it's right. a little – it's just different. And unless Jaron or Ja has some, has some enormous – it's – we talked about the Grizzlies much more when they were in the midst of the core four. And in a sense, I think the radio show is in some ways reflective of the casual audience, right? That's something else I was asking about. Yeah. You, had, you were talking to Brad Carson on recently. Yeah. And he said that one of the complaints you get about the radio, about the, not your show, but on the about the station, right. is that there's not enough Grizzlies there. Uh, Brad may hear that. I very rarely hear not okay. enough Grizzlies, but I will say, like for example, 
Monday, I opened the phones and I don't typically just randomly open the phones, but I opened the phones because it was an interesting weekend, sports weekend in Memphis. Generally, there was a football game that was of interest to set up this week's football game. Um, there was the uh, Ole Miss basketball game. University of Memphis played Ole Miss basketball. And there was uh, and there was obviously the Grizzlies game against the Lakers. And so I just sort of said, what what struck you from this weekend? It was it absolutely was interesting to me that the majority of the calls we got were Grizzlies calls. They were like, yeah, I kind of like the old Memphis Ole Miss game, whatever else, but it was Ja. It was Ja and it was LeBron and it was that. And to me, that is that was a very good sign that that the casual fan is becoming more and more engaged. Um, I, honestly, like Ja is so compelling that I think right. that's a, a huge part of it. Um, but I think I, I do think I sense that is happening that more and more um, now as a competitive enterprise. Like, did we spend any time last night talking about to today talking about the Pacers game as and what went wrong and why the de- no right. we we didn't you you don't break it down from that perspective like we once upon a time did rotations specifically to win that game because winning that game doesn't matter. So we're talking in broad strokes and that's less compelling how, from a daily perspective. How much of that is about? the casual fan caring less about the nuts and bolts of Grizzlies basketball than they care about the nuts and bolts of other things. And how much of that is casual fans not caring about nuts and bolts and that when you talk about the Tigers, you're talking about the James Wiseman controversy and what Penny said and all the smoke. It was all this stuff. I bet you're not breaking down the old Miss matchup. No, right? like, no. Does anyone even bit. know who plays for Ole Miss? You are talking about, no, once upon a time, you were absolutely talking about why did uh, Lionel Hollins opened the fourth quarter with Hamed Adati. Right. Like that was because wins mattered. And right now, and right now we talk about why did Mike Norvell go for it on fourth down? I mean, those are things. When right. the wins matter, you do, in fact, that's what you talk about. Why is Brady playing so badly? Should he? And so why is he now great? Whatever. And and so I think that is, I think it's sort of natural. The the. So I don't think it's fans not caring about nuts and bolts. I think fans are lasered in and care about nuts and bolts when they are caring about the particular game. Not necessarily at the uh, that they're looking at all the uh, analytics, but it, right. I do believe that that nuts and bolts mattered when the games matter. And right now, y- you would admit it too. The game they matter in the, in a in the sense of building a new franchise, but the outcome doesn't particularly matter. The outcome matter. is not the thing that matters most. Yeah. Right. And so therefore, the individual things that lead to that particular outcome, why are you going to get upset about them, right? People are arguing about whether Josh Jackson should be up or whether Brandon Clark should be in the starting lineup or whatever. But even there, they're not particularly invested in it because we see what's happening here. Right. I just wonder to what degree... You know, when when sports stuff reaches a certain attention level, a lot of times it is about off court, right? The thing that's gotten right. the most grisly sort of wide interest has been the the Iguodala stuff, right? right. It's been that, or it's, yes. if they trade someone tomorrow, if they, you know, oh, something oh, well, like let's that. Be clear. With every franchise, in terms of sports talk, the thing that matters the most is with Tiger basketball team, it's James Wiseman situation. That's been the most right. talk, right? With the football team, it was game day coming. That, that that I wrote more columns about game day. If people about, start speculating on Mike Norvell's future, it'll be that more right. so than what happened yes. in the game. Yeah, we're not so much like well, there's not much to say about Memphis football now, except right. for this is awesome. This right. is fun. Hope you come on Friday. So um, I do think there there you have to reach a certain 
uh, level of interest where everyone is hanging on every game before the nuts and bolts matter. Other than that, it tends to be the off-court stuff. Like in the Super Bowl, why did the Seahawks not hand it, hand the ball off? Why did they throw it in the end zone? We're not typically talking about those decisions, but it's the Super Bowl, and so therefore we are. And the same thing when the Grizzlies were uh, going to playoff series and stuff, then we would talk about um, particular particular uh, X and O stuff, but otherwise we're, we're, we're much more focused on you know, whether Tony Allen and, and – uh, and OJ Mayo got in a fight on the airplane. So, so you say like when you open the phones up, you were surprised that the the degree at which it was Grizzlies questions. Yep, I was pleased. Yep. Yeah, and, and you and you say that you know Brad may be hearing station manager or program director or whatever may be hearing not enough Grizzlies. You're not necessarily hearing that. Don't really hear that. But do you think that those two things? I mean, do, do you think do you think the, the 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 balance of focus for general sports media in Memphis, yeah. which is what you are as a columnist right. and as a host, yeah. and so lots of other yes, people are. Right. You think the balance is in the correct proportion to what people care about, or do you think there's something to be said that there's not enough focus on the Grizzlies? Oh, I think it's basically in proportion to what people care about in the sense of, uh, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. We, we are, in right. fact, we are trying to get ratings in, in the end, right? You're trying to talk about the things that people are interested in talking about. So to the extent that my show tries to mirror what is what is interesting to people. And so I very rarely talk about the Redbirds because I don't think it's a competitive aspect that are interesting. But right. I think so. Um, but I'm, I, I'm so that's always my effort. And I will say I don't have any if I have it. I don't think I have any institutional bias towards the NBA or college basketball. I'll be honest. I like pro sports better than college sports because I think they're more honest, right? As a as a general level, I right. the whole idea of if I start thinking about it too much, college sports offends me. Um, what's but back when it was, uh, you know, back when the Grizzlies were doing what they're doing, we weren't talking about Memphis Tiger basketball very much. Memphis Tiger basketball was at a lower ebb, etc. Right. I'm amazed by how quickly it can turn. Right. And and maybe there is some turning the ship around thing going on there a little bit. Um, but um, but the other thing, honestly, like this is true. It's funny. You mentioned Jason Wexler. Why did we talk about that that day? Why did you hear me talking to, about the Grizzlies that day? Because he was on your show. Because he was on my show. Right. Here is this is just a truth. And I'm not even being critical or whatever. It used to be we would regularly have guests from the Grizzlies on our programs. Um, and so that would drive conversation. And um, and. We don't now because they they don't make them available. Well, and, and then the Grizzlies play the play guy had a show had a, had his own and show. He had a, he had a, there's you no don't question. Have yes, a, you don't have that anymore. And you know, right. Rob, on the other station, Rob Fisher, who was the sideline guy, had a show. You don't have a right. Grizzly. They have their we own. We don't have a dedicated Grizzlies Grizzly person. Media right. thing, but you don't have a Grizzly. But I used person. to have Dave Yeager, for right. example, would would call. I remember the day that he called. He was pulled over by the police driving into work. Like Dave Yeager would be on whatever every few weeks and Chris Wallace would be on every few weeks and then you'd get a player here and there and then yes, you'd get a uh, Jason when he was president of business ops or Andy Dolich before him. Right Now they have chosen and it's totally their choice to basically go through their own social media, their own media channel and that's and that's fine but it does I do think that's that is at least a small part of it. Uh, it's funny, like Peter Edmiston, I listen to his show before I come in to do my show in the mornings, um, and he talks more Grizzlies um, than – Because he is – Because that's, that's, that's what really he's interested in. Like at some at some point, you said on a – That's what show, he's interested in. It's what he does. It's what he a, does. As a writer. Yes. Yes. It's what he – what, yeah. So he's there and he's at every game. He, right. he has things to offer and insight. Actually, I liked that show best 
when it had Wolotion and Peter. They didn't. They had a very different style. Right, right. <laughs> like they clashed stylistically, but you sort of covered the waterfront there because you had Peter who really was plugged into the Grizzlies and you had Dave who's plugged into the Tigers. Um, and so I would always listen to that for an hour before, or at least the first segment before I came into my show. Um, but at one point you were on my show and you said, well, we're talking about it. People are choosing to talk about it because that's what they're choosing to talk about. I think that's true to right. some degree. That's clearly 100% true. Right. But why are they choosing to talk about it? Because they're tiger f- more interested – because they personally are more interested in the in Tigers. In some cases, yes. Yes. John Martin, I think, cares more about the Tiger basketball well, like team. Peter. That's what he writes Right, about. and Peter does. Yes. Yeah. I don't institutionally care more about one than the right. other. I'll be honest. Like, I was – thrilled when I was talking about the Grizzlies more than I do about the Tigers. Now I talk about the Tigers more than I do about the Grizzlies. People like winning and the Grizzlies are closer to, and the Tigers basketball team right. is closer to winning. And so that's why it's talked about more, I think. Um, but, but uh, I don't know. That's sort of how I break it down. I will be very pleased as listen, it's best for us in the radio business. And honestly, in the, in the daily Memphian business, when when people are doing well and it like Ja has been great. Um, well, I mean the, the winning thing is interesting yeah. and I'm not trying to like pit the two yeah. things against no. each other, but yeah. so you had on Saturday, you had this double header at FedEx yeah. form, right? And Tigers, I believe won by one point, right? Yeah. They won by one yeah. point against Ole Miss and the Grizzlies lost by one point against the right. Lakers. So they're two one point games, right? One game is a win for the home right. team against, against, I'm, right. I guess a decent college basketball team, but I can't name a right. single player plays for Ole Miss. Right. I would bet the majority of people in the building can't right. name a single player. And then the other game is a one-point loss, but it's against, like, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and John Morant. And, like, these are players who, like, matter as players, right? Right. And so – and so what takes – what is – takes stress there, right? Is it the home team winning or is it the higher level of play with more interesting players? And I think – I think – and for most people, it actually is the home team winning. Well, I I don't actually think it hinged there on whether the – Grizzlies won or lost. That game was compelling to me either way, whether right. the Grizzlies won or lost. I mean, in the larger sense, the the Grizzlies are not right now. We all know this about winning a championship, right? That's not, or even making the playoffs. And so, wins and losses just then aren't that cons- consequential. Whereas you can imagine, people have imagined this Memphis Tiger basketball team as a potential Final Four basketball team. I don't think it is right now. Certainly not without James Wiseman out, et cetera. Right. But I think that's why the level of in- of engagement is a little higher. Plus, you know, there's the penny thing, whatever. To me, it's just, I think it's a pendulum, and um, and and, uh, you know, I, 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 but there's no question, um, when the Lakers come, when Mike Conley was there, we talked about that game endlessly, like, right. but, but, but on a general today, did I talk much about that Pacers game? No. Truth of the matter is because I have you on the show every day, I probably talk more Grizzlies than almost anyone, right. um, because I literally have a dedicated segment every day about the Grizzlies. Cause that's, that's, or bluff city law or music. Right. Um, and so I'm glad I have that because otherwise I might not even do that much. We're going to stop now for a word from our sponsor. The Daily Memphian Grizzlies podcast is brought to you by FedEx. Possibilities, what we deliver by delivering. Well, speaking of the Grizzlies on the court, get back into that for a little bit. What? I'm, well, let me ask you yeah, one question. Do you perceive that they are, that the amount of talk about the Grizzlies, including your segment on sports talk radio in town, is that sort of what motive was is less than the level of interest in Grizzlies in town? I think it might be slightly, but it's sort of hard for me to say that because I'm not coming from the neutral position, right? Like I, right. I, I write about one thing and not the other. And so I right. have that sort of, you know, that my, my tilt is that way. Um, 
Like I remember once upon a time, I, I had a conversation with the, the the late great George Lapidus, who said we were having a very similar right. kind of thing, and he right. said, "Well, no one ever talks asked me about the Grizzlies." I'd said, "Well, no one ever asked me about the Tigers." So right. A lot right. of it's yeah. because of who you are and who I am, right? Like that's so there, there's right. that aspect of it too, yes. right? I, I do think you know if you look at you look at like the the, the station you're on now. Your show is different because not only because I'm on there every day, because you're a general columnist. You all you've always been a general right. columnist. But you look at the other shows. I mean, you have two, three former Tiger basketball beat writers right. hosting right. shows. Like yeah. on, on literally, like the, every other show is hosted or co-hosted by a former Tiger basketball beat writer. Right. There's yeah. And there's so, well, two two of the other four. Jason and John both are. Jason and John both really are Tiger beat writers. Well, writer Jason's people. a former Tiger right. basketball beat yeah. writer, and John really is. That's all he's. And done. Mark is a former Gary, Tiger basketball beat writer. And Gary's oh, that's a former right. Tiger and Gary is too. Oh, yeah, yeah. All three I mean, shows. Yeah. No, I didn't think about Mark. So, Mark, I think of him as a general columnist. You're right. Yeah. So I think there is a, there is an ingrained orientation, at least slightly more towards that, absent absent what's actually happening outside right. with the teams, absent fans. I do think there's a tilt. Well, in that I will direction. tell you what functionally what happens is, like Brad today, he was in there. I was preparing for the show today, and he said, "What's the A? You know, meaning what's yeah. the, what's the thing?" And so from last night, what is the A? Uh, I. Felt like I hadn't talked enough about Memphis football, so I happened to go to the radio show to Mike's radio show last night. It's a big week for Memphis, so that was really sort of more civic. The obligation. A would have been the Grizzlies of John Morant had, had gotten injured. hurt. So yes. I actually led with three things. I led with I led with a little bit of Memphis football, and then I went to getting and then I went to Ja getting hurt and the comparison that people are making on Twitter about whether Ja and his style of play is right. an equal. Um, risk as Zion and his weight and style of play. And that's sort of, that's what I settled on. But that's honestly, for me at least, that's the, what is the thing is the question every day. And I don't ask that thinking I'd prefer to do one over another. I, I, I generally lean towards local over national. Like I didn't really want to talk about uh, Lamar Jackson, particularly last night because it's not local. But anyway, okay, onto the court. Um, what's, I mean, I, I talk about this all the time. I write about it all the time. Um, what what's what struck you? I mean, other than just watching Ja. Well, I, a first of all, it's other than what like Ja is truly you, that, that is that, that, is, that, that is it yes. is it is it right. like Ja is it. This team got so incredibly. I don't mean it in a disparaging way. They incredibly lucky when they jumped. luck. Luck is a luck is a prerequisite yes, for success. Absolutely, and and it's not a loan guarantee. Now, there a are guarantee, times, but Golden State didn't get lucky with Steph Curry. Like that was it, sort of they got it. lucky. The Grizzlies didn't draft they, they, they him when did, someone yes, was, at, yes. was trying to get them. They to. didn't get some elevated right. role that was then the obvious pick. They had yeah. to make a non-obvious pick. Um, although so many guys had been taken there, who knows what they would have done? But yes. Right. Um, uh, but like, it is so clearly the number one thing. Um, I think the number two thing is just generally looking at the level of competence of the front office generally. Right. Uh, and Brandon Clark, like, does he ever miss a shot? Even last night was he eight of nine, eight nine last nine, night, right. you know, and the one they missed was a tip that, um, so uh, to me, that's the other thing is there's the level of competence. Who knows whether Tyus Jones fits that into that picture of competence or not at this point. Um, but in terms of building for the future, as someone who I was, a, I've been a Buffalo Bills fan for a long time. And I know the difference between every front office makes mistakes and every front office uh, will luck into good decisions occasionally. There's a difference between having a fundamental confidence in your team's uh, management and decision makers and just 
and not. And I think they have demonstrating that there might be reason to have a fundamental confidence in the, doesn't mean that they won't make mistakes. Of course, of course they will. But I think that's the other thing that's sort of striking about this is, is that right now you see it, the, the things coalescing, you see the luck and then you also see smart decisions and you need both of those obviously to be good over the long haul. I am not concerned, but I, part of what I do watch as a general columnist is how it is playing among in the city and the fan base. I want lots of people to be in the building. Right. And so I'm heartened by the nights like Saturday and like the Utah game where people just come and they have a blast and they're re-engaged and they remember that this is fun because I obviously want it to be a success over the long term. And I, and I, and I do, it's a small, it's a small market. So I do worry about the nights a little bit. I find myself fretting when there's not that many people in there, but if you look around, I'll be honest, there's lots of nights sure. in the NBA. Where do you look yes. at lots of empty seats? Absolutely. Um, no, that's true. And, and that's the same thing when turn you, when you think of like fans in other jerseys, a lot of the things we think of as here things, right. just they're league wide things. Yeah. I do think this, this week will be interesting in that regard in terms of, I think the schedule was very kind to them from a box office standpoint. I think we'll they said out. that early. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the sense that to me, Thanksgiving, they have, they have home games the night before and the night after Thanksgiving, and I feel like those are good nights. Like, you yeah, a lot of people coming home, and you're spending so much time with your family, and, like, that's an excuse to go away a little bit. Um, and to have, like, sort of a special occasion um, amid, like, you're not working, and a lot of people aren't working. And so you get the Clippers on a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and then Conley back in the Jazz a Friday night after Thanksgiving. I don't think that's going to be Saturday night against LeBron, but I feel like those that's a good recipe for a good crowd and a festive atmosphere both of those nights. Yeah. I think those could be good nights. I, I agree with that. One of the things one of the things that that folks in the organization said to me before the season began was they got a lot of really good games during football season, right. which is both a blessing and a curse. People that they really do feel like they're competing it's less against Memphis, like the, the, against football, against Saturday football games and stuff, Saturday college football games. And so they have a lot of really good games in the front. And does that draw people in and help counteract the natural competition? Um, or does it, in fact, uh, or does it, uh, I, wish, I wish these games were coming after football when people didn't have something else to do. Right. Um, so it's interesting to see how that plays out. Um, it, it's a pretty big football weekend, too. Um, yeah, see, I have no idea right. when football yeah. games are yeah. or, or <laughs> right, Exactly. Right. So, but that's one of the things that has been said to me is that, um, is that there's a lot been a lot of premium games early. Of course, Golden State was supposed to be one of those games right, right. and turned out not to be. Um, so... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. What's been your sense of crowds, enthusiasm, engagement? Obviously Saturday was great. Utah was great. Yeah. I, I don't, to me, it's, it hasn't been much of a story right. either way relative to what you should reasonably expect. Um, you know, I think even when they were good, if it was a, a Monday night in, in bad weather against the Charlotte Hornets or like, right. even those, the, even when you were winning 50 plus games, that wasn't going to be a good crowd. To me, and what so, was it? I remember Jerry West standing in the tunnel once Jerry looking up and seeing with disgust at the, and just basically, I don't remember the wording precisely, but basically said, it's never going to work here. Right. Um, and the nice thing is, is that we know now 
what it can look like when it works. Like we know when it's rocking what it looks like. And so I don't actually have that fear anymore. I do wonder what a long period of, you know, eight to 10 year of wandering in the desert would have looked like. But I think that's the great thing is that I don't perceive there's going to be eight to 10 years of wandering in the desert. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you got to be careful assuming success, right? But we can all, what we can already assume is you have a player worth watching. Like a, uh, you have someone who who is going to be an attraction um, to hardcore and casual fans, not only in Memphis but other places too. And and the fact that he will become it's a figure of fascination outside of Memphis will make him more of a figure of fascination inside. Memphis, uh, there's no question that's right. True. Yeah, and you're already seeing that on social media. Like if you follow NBA Twitter, it's like just every night they play. It's just random people like who have right. no connection. To I mean, if you read what Zach Lowe wrote about uh, right. about John, it was a lead, lead item. His lead column item in his column. How right. often? Yeah, how so lead item in uh, your our old pal Dan Devine's column this week about yeah. about rookies. And so I think I think you know I think team success generates interest. And, and I think having star players generates interest and having team success with star players generates a whole lot more right. interest. Um, but I think that I think they've checked one of those boxes. I think it's already I mean, and, and there's no like John Morant will have his ups and downs of bad games and like but I think we've seen enough that that he, he checks that box. What do you I mean, this is a big. What is it just? age and maturity with the players they have is it this summer free agency is it what what's oh i mean it's going to determine whether they the go the way of the wool the you know the timberwolves and the jazz both had players who were worth watching for a long time and did nothing with them well i think jaron's the most important thing right now i, I think if we feel comfortable like like ja morant is going to be a star offensive player in the nba he's going to be a 20 plus point Make the big shots. He's the guy, you know, follow behind this guy. I think if we're comfortable that he is that player, and I am, Jaron Jackson now does not have to be that player, which is good. But what he does have to be is sort of what I've always said I thought he could be, which is like an impact two-way player. Can you be an all-NBA defender who scores 20 points a game? Like you're you're not the offensive alpha dog on your team. But you're getting 20 points a game in the flow without being the offensive alpha dog on your team. Can he still be that? Can he be the all-star level sidekick? Um, I think he can be. It's not guaranteed, but I, I think he can be. There have been some good signs and some bad signs at the start of the season, but he's so young. And so I think the most important thing is for him, if, if, if John Morant checks box one, you need Jaron Jackson Jr. to check either box two or three. And then you got to find the third player to go with them. And I don't think Brand I, – I think Brandon Clark's great. I don't think Brandon Clark is that player. Right. I think he's the fourth or fifth or sixth guy on a team. Um, and so they need John Morant and Jaron Jackson to check those two boxes, and they got to somehow find the third guy. And the most likely way to find that is with a high draft pick. But, like, people find those players in all different kinds of ways, whether that's hitting on a lower draft pick or a trade or what have you. They got to find that other guy. I don't think that other guy's on this roster. Um but that's fine. If you got two of those boxes checked in the first year that you're consciously rebuilding, right. like that's a great start. Right. Yeah. Um it, it's uh it's incredibly heartening. And I and I, I do wonder, um just looking ahead, right now, there's something like a their chance right now, their chances of picking this year. It's they're less likely than if the season ended today. Pervert, they would not that they're they would go into lottery night and would likely come out of it without a first round draft pick, right? 
That, that's where they would be. Selling. That's where they are right now, right. which I don't think people realize that that is the likelihood right now. They would not have a first round draft pick. Boston would have it. As, as we as we talk, I just got a text from uh-huh. a national NBA writer about how fun John Moran is <laughs> on my phone. Right. right exactly. Um, so to that point, um, there are things to be thankful for in Grizzlies land yes. as we head towards the holiday. Um, Jeff, people can find you on Twitter. It's at Jeff underscore Calkins. It's Jeff, G-E-O-F-F underscore C-A-L-K-I-N-S. Yeah. You can find me at Harrington NBA. Um, you can read our stuff at The Daily Memphian. You can also hear Jeff every morning, uh, not Thanksgiving or Friday this week, but typically every morning on the radio on um, 92.9 from 9, 9 to 11. 11. And Chris joins me at 10 o'clock every single day. Thanks. I was struggling with that. Um, for Jeff, I'm Chris. Um, subscribe to The Daily Memphian. Um Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Thanks to Natalie Van Gundy on the ones and twos. You can subscribe to this podcast and the rest of our audio, including the weekly Grizz, uh, Tigers podcast, uh, wherever you get your sound. Thanks. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.